What's going on? At Water Sports Center here on June 21st, 2020. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, grandfathers, stepdaddies, baby daddies, uncles. Uh, we've got to set a, a good image for these young men out here in the world. And to us fathers, man, this is our day. So, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Today on that Water Sports Center, man, this is strictly for the community of college basketball, college basketball recruiting, grassroots basketball, NBA, G League, whatever. This is the state of the union college basketball uh, address. Some things I'm going to say in here in the next five to ten minutes on things we need to approve in the college basketball world. Uh, from recruiting to grassroots to NBA, the whole nine. This is my State of the Union address that I feel some of the changes need to be made to make basketball better, to make college basketball better. Number one, I honestly think, and first of all, uh, this is Michael Atwater. I am a AAU basketball coach located in Rome, Georgia. Coach Rome Elite AAU basketball. Been coaching basketball for over 10 years, AAU ball. Also referee high school football and basketball. Um, I um, have put maybe over 90 kids in college in the Northwest Georgia area. We located maybe an hour, hour and a half above Atlanta. And I have played all over this country in AAU events. So that was my introduction. So the first thing I want to address is the world of grassroots basketball and the NCAA academies and the whole nine. It needs to be six evaluation periods. There need to be two live periods in April at all time. Uh, or you want to do April and May, that's fine. But there needs to be two spring evaluation periods where college coaches can come out and see the kids. In the month of June, there needs to be two periods. Now, the first period in June should be the camp circuit. We should have the NBA Association Top 100 Camp. That's the kids that are NBA bound, since I know that we're gonna get rid of this one and done uh, deal. But those are the kids that are NBA bound. So we're gonna get the Top 100 kids, regardless of class, they go to the NBA Top 100. Then what you do with the NCAA Academies, you take the next best five to 600 kids per region, West, Midwest, Southeast, and let them go to the NCAA Regional Academies. And while that's also going on, let every state open up and have the statewide count where, where you would invite maybe 100 to 200 more kids. What that do, you get exposure on all levels. NBA, G League, whatever, they're able to access those elite kids. The NCAA Regional Academies is going to be for the kids that are, um, you know, and all the top 100 kids are not going to go pro. But the NCAA Regional Academies would help out um, uh, uh, the colleges. And the statewide camps, you know, if you're a D1 school, you want to go see some statewide competition, that's cool. 
For the statewide camps, that could be more for D2, D3, NAIA. Let's open it up to all levels. Let's have an accessible period for all levels. That second week in the month of June, let's make it high school. Go to your high school team. Uh, a lot of college coaches are not eager to uh, be going to high school events because they can't see a lot of kids at once. So let's make it better for them. Let's make it where you can go anywhere in the country, kind of like AAU. Can you imagine a, a high school tournament in the month of June, let's say in Disney World, where, lot, where you got your Sierra Canyon, your, your IMG, your, your, uh, your Norcross, your Milton, Monteverde Academy, Hamilton Heights, Sunrise Christian. Can you imagine them playing against each other in the summertime? I mean, I know it's, it's, it's fulfilling and thrilling during the regular season, but that would be something to watch during, during the uh, summer period. Let them go, make it a five-day period. You know, if you got a two-day tournament, then a three-day tournament, let them go. That's more exposure to get that high school team better. And that opens up more exposure for other kids on the team that's not top 100. Go to the camps or go to the tournaments during that high school week for your level. And then in July, let's have two July periods. Have one five-day period next week off, second five-day period uh, after that week off. Now, you have better evaluation and more kids are being seen. So that is to the Commission of College Basketball, whatever it's called, or the Rice Commission, or Minute Maid, Rice, whatever they call, that is for y'all. Let's, let's clean up and do better with college basketball. NBA, I know you're going to get the top players, but I'm an advocate and I'm a fan of the game of college basketball. So if you are a, a high school player, the G League just adopted this pathway program or whatever it is. If you're a high school player and you want to go to the league, that is fine. But you must do a year in the G League before you go to the NBA. It's kind of like... Um, some you know minor league baseball i don't know too many minor league players in baseball that have gone straight to the major you go to the g league for a year still getting paid you know let's let's just use um like if they we had the no one and done and all that zion wilson would go to a g league team what that also does that bring more money to that market in those smaller areas so if you're a high school player and you want to go to the league you go to the G League first. You don't go to the NBA, you go to the G League, do a year in the G League, you go to the NBA the next year. Other than that, still have the one and done. If you go to college, you play one year of college, after your one year of college, you can go straight to the league. So now you players, you got to decide if I want to go to go play in Maine for a year or do I want to go play at Duke for a year? So that's one of the things that, that they can adopt with the NBA and college basketball. This transfer rule. Oh boy, I tell you. Um, as an AAU coach, and my team is not a shoe circuit team, hell, I'm not even one of the top independent teams in the state of Georgia, but I'm a team that can compete. This transfer rule affects my program and it affects all programs, especially AAU. Let me give you the example. 
maybe five, six, ten years ago, I jumped over seven, eight, nine, but let's go with it. But maybe five years ago, six years ago, before this transfer rule got out of hand, JUCO, NAIA, and D2 would actually look at high school kids. They would actually come to games. They would actually be at AAU events looking at high school kids. And this ain't for all JUCO programs, all D2 programs, all NAIA programs. But for the most part, you will be coming to games checking out the high school senior. That's not the case these days. Now you are looking at kids that not happy at their programs and they want to go to, um, they, they want to, these coaches want Juco kids, want kids that, you know, play the year here, red shirt here, so these kids can go back up. And it's affecting my program because that's a spot for my guys. Uh, when you guys from D1 transfer down to go back up. Also, this grad transfer rule is affecting uh, my guys or affecting AAU ball. Because once again, college coaches won't even look at a high school kid. They want the kids that are, uh, you know, the grad transfers or the kids that's done played two years here, three years here. That's what they want. The thing that's so funny about all this, college basketball coaches want these guys that are older, but the NBA wants them younger. And that's backwards. I mean, that is that is real backwards to me. But there need to be something done to the transfer rule. One thing you could do to the transfer rule, you get one time. You get one time to transfer. Either be a grad transfer or you a um, you are you, you know you leave after freshman year whatever year and you, that's it no multiple transfer there's over 900 kids name on that transfer list that's unbelievable I don't know if the parents are to blame I don't know if the kids have you know been on this AU mentality and they don't want to sit no bench but it has, we've got to do something about this transfer rule. And then finally, something that I think we should do with NCAA tournament, NIT, and this kind of stuff, to make conference tournaments better. And sometimes conference tournament games, and I love March Madness, I love college basketball more than any sport, but sometimes when I'm watching the number one seed in the ACC North Carolina take on a number eight seed, Wake Forest. I'm looking at them like, what are you really playing for? If you're North Carolina, you're already in the tournament. What are you really playing for? So let's do this, college basketball. Let's get a set number per conference. And whatever number they come up. So let me give you an example. Let's say we take, have the ACC tournament. The top eight teams will qualify for postseason play. Whether it's the NCAA tournament, NIT, college basketball invitational, the, the college inside tournament, whatever the case may be, you get a set number of, of, of bids from the conference. Now the ACC, you may can get 12 bids. Regardless of whatever it is, you set the number on how many bids go to postseason, regardless of record. That makes these conference tournament games a little bit more important. 
Um, so that's some of the things that I think we need to do in college basketball. And before I, before I get out of here, man, uh, I've been seeing college coaches and some high school coaches on Twitter and Facebook and different groups talking about, you know, what's going on right now, COVID-19 pandemic, and why are kids playing? Why are we risking these kids' lives and coaches' lives and whatever? Why are they playing the game of basketball? Number one, you can't get better sitting at home. Yeah, you can go train, but you need that live competition. Uh, a lot of times, playing a game of basketball and training, it's kind of like, and we've all been to these seminars and conferences and trainings where uh, you don't had you had CPR or first aid, and you pass the test or whatever during the class, but when it's time to actually apply it in a real life situation, sometimes you forget it, and sometimes you're not ready, and that's kind of how it is with basketball. You can do all the training in the world with with a thousand trainers all the drills, whatever the case may be. But you got to apply that in the game of basketball. But nevertheless, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about us AAU coaches and playing basketball and that kind of thing. So I'm going to pose this question for high school and college coaches because this is kind of what it's the equivalent of. High school and college coaches, if they told you that – you can only play non-conference games. You only play 10 or 12 games, you know, November, December. That's it. Would you play? Good question. That's it for the season. You're going to get 10 or 12 games. And when December comes or when January comes, no conference games, no conference tournaments, no postseason. Would you play in those 10 or 12 games? And 99% of you all would play. Because A, your kids get better, and B, as a coach, you love the game. So, with that said, don't look down on AAU coaches because we want to play. There's a great possibility there will not be a live period this summer or fall or whatever the case may be. But there's still ways kids can get seen. They have ball on TV. They have all kind of live streaming um, networks where kids can still be seen. And kids want to get with their teammates. Kids want to get better. So for you to look down on AAU coaches, shame on you coaches, high school and college. It's not all y'all, but just some of the stuff that I've seen. AAU basketball, it matters too. Signing out, man, Mike Atwater, College Basketball State of the Union.